This is Susan Wheelbanks with BlendedInsight.com. I am a holistic and integrative healing arts practitioner, an intuitive, and an energy healer. In this podcast, I share tips, tools, and suggestions that have helped me along my path in hopes of inspiring and helping you along yours. Let's get started with today's podcast topic. Hello, Bright Soul. Thank you so much for joining me on another podcast. Right before I recorded, I sat and watched a squirrel take a crab apple from one of my trees and sit on my deck and tear that thing up. I have never seen a squirrel eat a crab apple. It was so fascinating. They're beautiful, but my goodness, my I have two trees that have crab apples on them, and I don't think they're edible. When I pick them up, they're hard, and I guess I've never researched it, but I didn't think they were edible. And oh my goodness, they drop everywhere. So for me, they're beautiful. But it is a job constantly going out and sweeping them up and getting rid of them. But I had no idea that the animals ate them. So it was so cute to watch him absolutely, or her, whatever it was, absolutely destroy this crab apple. And I'm so amazed by nature. And I love animals. Oh my goodness. Animals bring me so much joy. They're so in the moment. And they teach us how to just be here in the now and blissed out and present And all of the things that we need to be reminded of. So I'm super appreciating this time of year. And I really do love fall in Colorado. I know it's among us. It's coming up. The weather is already getting cold in the mornings. Temperatures are already dropping. And there's always something to learn in every season. Even if it's not our favorite season, there's always something to learn. These are the things I remind myself of. And I want to go into the topic for today, and this is a big topic, and I know it's a big topic, and I know it's a sticky topic, but it's something that I feel is important to talk about, and I am going to be sharing from my experience. I'm not an expert, I'm not a physician, I'm not a doctor, or any of these things, but I'm going to be sharing with you as someone who grew up codependent and had to break that pattern, who grew up in an environment that was considered dysfunctional, most of us were, most of us are dysfunctional in some way or grew up in a family that probably didn't meet every single need we ever had. But a lot of people on this path grew up codependent. And because you are soft hearted and you want to serve the world, oftentimes you find yourself in relationships that you have a difficult time breaking out of or setting boundaries for. And I know because I also had this pattern, but I broke that pattern. And I want to share with you ways to identify this and what could possibly be going on. And because this is such a huge topic, this isn't a substitute for a private session. It's not a substitute for professional help. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you my experience and what I've seen in an effort to try to help unpack this. So let's get into this big topic. So what is a toxic relationship? A toxic relationship is one that dysregulates your nervous system. Your needs aren't being met. You feel unsupported. You're probably walking on eggshells. Perhaps the person has a controlling personality, passive aggressive, someone that you feel unsafe to share with, someone that makes you feel unhappy. Your needs aren't being met. That is the bottom line. Your needs aren't being met. And oftentimes this can end up with you feeling resentful. And it's this weird shift between guilt and resentment. And those of us who are empathic, a lot of people walk around saying they're an empath as it's a super trait and as it's a gift. But if I'm being honest with you, most empaths develop that skill out of a survival mechanism. So when you grew up in an environment that was 
unsafe to be in or unpredictable. And it doesn't even have to be that it was abusive or anything like that. But if you grew up in an environment that was unsafe in some way, so maybe you got bullied or made fun of, or it was just in general a harsh environment, you develop these skills to scan your environment and read the room so that you know how to act so that you'll be safe. And then you grow up and go, I'm an empath. Well, you could have been born with the gifts of being an empath. What I have found through my work and over these years is that most people developed the skills and it is a skill and it served you. So it isn't anything to climb on the cross and woe is me, I'm a victim. It's none of that because I grew up in an environment with an alcoholic mother with a numbed out family. So I had a father who was working nights, who was working out, trying to raise a family. And then I had a mother who like, you know, I love my mother and I have really, I have some great memories with my mother. She was a drinker. And so she favored her boys. I've talked about this in a previous podcast. She repeated the pattern of boys having more value than girls. And because of that, I was sort of thrown to the wolves. So I would be with my brothers and they were boys. They would rough me up, beat me up. And she kind of enjoyed it because she would say her brothers did that to her. So my brothers are going to do that to me and get on to me for telling, looking for safety, telling on them. So I grew up having to be really tough. So I would go to school and fight because that's the only thing I knew. I was always getting beat up. So then I would fight. So I'm repeating the pattern because I'm just trying to survive. And my father had all his stuff going on. So he would often come and be in a bad mood. And I grew up, if I said something hurt my feelings, I would be laughed at. I mean, even my mother would laugh at me. And so I learned how to survive. And I became so good at reading people. And it has served me so well. Now, part of that, I used to see deceased people when I was little. So I would see deceased people in my house. So I had some mediumship giftings. And when I would tell my family about that, they, oh, you made that up. You know, they'd shut it down because they didn't know. And it, it's not that they're bad people. It's just they did not know what to do with that because it's not something that was in their awareness or their ability to grab. So with that with my mother being an alcoholic and all the attention was on my brothers. Plus they were troublemakers. And so I just did well. I went to school I made great grades and I just followed the rules and stayed within the lines. But inside I was brewing with all this anger and things that I needed to work out because my needs were not met. However, out of that birthed a strength and a desire not to repeat that pattern that I don't think would have been birthed otherwise. So it's all perfect. So when fast forward and I'm in adolescent years and I'm picking partners, I would pick partners trying to show value because I did not feel that I had the value based on my upbringing, not having the support. So I had all these wounds. And so, and I didn't have even an adult or a mentor talking to me about relationships and what was important. So I kind of raised myself. So I picked these partners in these codependent relationships to where I'm over giving and trying to prove my worth to people who love to take. So what happens is, is you give into this bottomless pit that can never be fed. And a lot of times as we're realizing this and we're getting older and we're maturing, noticing patterns, what happens is, is that because you're giving so much, you 
it's a, it's a form of sticky giving where I'm doing all this for you. Therefore, you'll never find anything more valuable than me and which could be true. So you should owe all this stuff to me. But what happens is that person doesn't value you. If they valued you, they wouldn't be participating in this behavior. So it's out of alignment. And then it hap- what happens is, is there's this, this constant trying to get your needs met from someone who's either incapable or unwilling to meet your needs. And so it's this constant overgiving and drain, overgiving and drain. And over time, it starts to impact people where they feel drained and resentful. And so, so I had to learn how to identify relationships that were past its prime. So while we're learning, relationships are a really good indicator of where you are on your healing journey. And because it's, it's subconscious, we don't consciously do this. These are deep seated wounds that are driving us unconsciously. So the sooner you realize that you've repeated a pattern the sooner that you can do something about it. So here is what I want to talk about with this, because a lot of times when we have this subject, when we have this topic or this subject comes up, you start getting the person going, they fall on the cross. Woe is me. They did this to me and they did that to me. And I'm so good to them. And I'm so this. And I know I, I've been there. I've been there. I mean, my, my daughter's father was a habitual cheater. He had, we don't have the same value system. He just, would just cheat. He was just a cheater. And so that's not going to (laughs) work. So, and even though I had helped him with all of these things and was so good to him, it just didn't matter. He just did not value the relationship enough to stop that behavior, nor did he want to get help for it. And it wasn't personal to me because this was his, this continues to be his pattern. He does that with everyone. This is in him. The other thing I wanted to share is it's not personal to you. The only thing personal is your, your, you're the only common denominator. So if you want to personalize something, personalize the fact that, hey, there's a wound inside me or there's a behavior that has to shift in order for me to stop picking these people. And when I realize that I've picked a person that's going to display this type of behavior that is out of alignment with who I am and what I want, I have to take action. You do hold the power in this. You really, really do. And once I realized that and I started noticing quicker the signs, I was able to address the behavior and break the cycle. Now, I went to this training many years ago. I stepped, this is how I found breath work. I didn't even know what I was doing. So this was, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. Um, I had connected with this friend of mine and she had mentioned this training that she had once went to by Sandra Ray. I don't think she does it anymore. But anyway, it was called loving relationships training. And so I go to this training. And and I I was still healing. So I'm most of us that are in this work, we don't relationship hop. So we get into a relationship. And by the way, this is for all relationships, family, friends, romantic partnership, this is for all relationships. So what I'm sharing here can can go across all types of relationships. So this loving relationships training was focused on patterns that you tend to repeat. And I didn't, I had no idea what it was. I just thought, oh, that'll be fun. Let's, let's learn how to create loving relationships. Yeah, I want some of that. So I go in and I'm giving this to you because I would like you to also do this. You can do it mentally. You don't have to physically write it down. But so we were sitting there and she said, write down 
all of the characteristics of your last partner. Now you can do this for friendships, whatever that relationship pattern is of yours. So it can be romantic partnership, friendship, coworker, whatever. So she had us write down all those qualities. And then she asked us to look, read it again and say, which parent does that most align with? And so I'm, I'm reading it. And then I started realizing that I'm picking people like my mother. I mean, really? <laughs> I'm, and I did it in my second marriage. I picked another person like my mother. Not that they were an alcoholic because they didn't have the substance piece. See, the blaring siren in the room is, okay, substance problems. So I intentionally don't pick people that have substance problems. But wait, there's more. So there were certain qualities of, that are indicative of a person who is in their own world and fighting substance abuse. And that is not paying attention to someone's needs because you're engulfed in your own and you're unaware and you're unoblivious. So I would pick partners that would not pay attention to what I want or what I need. It was all about them. It was very selfish. So that's the piece that I was repeating in partners. So it was the selfishness being um, very consumed in your own stuff and also just being a taker because I grew up feeling like I had to take care of my mother and a lot of people that grew up in situations similar to mine, you, you are the parent. So I would be giving my mother advice. I'm looking out for my mother. So I was basically, I still feel like her mother. She never felt like my mother. (laughs) So, so, um, I would pick partners like that. And it was such a light bulb moment for me, but here's why we do that. You can now set a new boundary and pick a new person and choose a new behavior because you're an adult now and you become conscious of it. And here's the thing, it's me. So a person is going to be who they are. They are who they are and they act how they are. You can't, they act how they're going to act. You can't change that. The only thing you can focus on is yourself and what you choose to accept and what you choose to go with and what you don't. So when I started learning more and more about my own personal these patterns that I was playing out and they disguise themselves at first. This is why it's important to take your time. So here's the other part. You can meet someone where they are up leveled. So when I met my, um, when I met my ex, he and I were up leveled because he had been doing all of this help like the self-help and so he's been immersed in self-healing and reading and so I met him when we were were in vibrational alignment because he was doing the things that I live I live those things it wasn't just hey I went through a breakup let me go through all this studying no this is the way I live and so we were in vibrational alignment but he didn't maintain the vibration so this is why sometimes you get what you want and then the vibration changes you can't hold it so it's, it's like sometimes we meet people that trigger things in us where it lowers our vibration again and we end up repeating the cycle. So this is the other thing that people get stuck on because they go, well, it used to be like this. And they keep sticking in the toxicity thinking that that person's going to come around, but they fell out of vibrational alignment because you have to be able to hold it. And so it was great for about a year. And what I realized is that that wasn't his primary resonance. That was just what he was doing when I met him. But he didn't hold it because it wasn't really in him. It wasn't who he was. And as I continue to hold it and continue to grow, we fell out of alignment really quickly. And so what I did wrong in that is because I am 
clairvoyant and I have all the gifts. So I could see when he would accuse me of looking at someone, which I wasn't and say all of these really underhanded, like very jealous, insecure comments, which are just nowhere in alignment with who I am. It was so bizarre. I would laugh it off almost because I thought, well, that's so silly. And it's, I'm, I'm not those things. So I don't even know what you're doing. So it, I would look over it because I'm compassionate. And at that time I was very much a confrontational avoidable. I just didn't have the energy to have a confrontation. And at that time I didn't know how to set boundaries without confrontation. So right then, if I had, if I had addressed it, their relationship would have ended, but that's not what happened. I overlooked it. And then I just kept staying in it until it got so bad Oh my gosh, it got so bad because by, by now I'm in pranic healing, I'm advancing, I'm making huge spiritual leaps and come to find out later, he was claiming to be an atheist. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, that, that still blows my mind to this day. So as I'm growing, he's now starting to poke fun at like the work that I'm doing, like really jealous. And I'm feeling this really bitey energy, which was mind blowing to me. Cause not only do I not feel like that about anybody, I wouldn't treat anyone like that, but I realized that for one, my big energy is pulling stuff out and we're, we're not in enough of an alignment to even meet in the middle anymore. And so then what happened was, is your body is the last place for it to go. So the soul will give you messages. You know, it it's in your gut and a lot of us, for me, I'm a try hard person. So I'll try, I'll, I have to turn over every rock, every leaf. And I tend to stay, I used to stay longer than I should. So this person wasn't even open to counseling. This person wasn't even open to a conversation. This person would make everything about him. So when I would try to address an issue, it, he'd blow up and it would all him, 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 him. And that's what my mother used to do. There was no real accountability. It was all about her and her story. And so what I finally realized is like, I actually started holding fluid in my body. My bot, my health started to go down because I, st I stayed in it too long, four years. I mean, come on. It was just awful. And I share that with you because I want you to know, I know what it feels like. I have done it and, and I don't do it anymore. And these are the things that I have realized. And these are the things that have helped me to, to recognize that. So I started setting boundaries with him and just telling him, you know, Hey, that's not going to work. I'm not going to do that. And I started filling my own cup. So I talk about this too. When you feel, when you're the giver, cause in, in my previous relationships and I have had a relationship that wasn't, my relationships don't repeat. So, so I'm always getting closer. So it's, it's like you, you can tell your progress by what you align with. So I will say I, I had a relationship after that one and it was actually a very healthy relationship and it was exactly what it need, needed to be for that time. Um, that person had to move and there were other factors. However, I wanted to say that to you too, to let you know that it is possible to break the pattern. This is possible to do. It requires consciousness and it requires you to sit with it. So here's the other thing. What are you getting out of the relationship? You have to really look at what the payoff is for you and be honest. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to say it out loud, but you've got to be really honest because only you know what is truly going on within you and what serves you and what doesn't. 
So I started to set boundaries with this person and then it really exploded because he would, he wasn't respecting my boundaries. He did not want to change. He was unwilling to do any work. I mean, wouldn't even do his own personal work. Wouldn't even go to his own counseling. Now I personally believe like counseling for me, I've done counseling before therapy. I know it works for a lot of people, but counseling is a psychological job. So you go in and you're just talking, you're in your head a lot. And I have found that you have to embody these changes. That's why people go to therapy for years and they never get better because you're not moving the energy. You're just stuck in your head. And a lot of times it's focused on the past. I'm not saying always, but I'm saying this has been my experience. And so for me, you know, I'm continually doing breath work. I'm doing energy work. I'm doing all of these things to shake energy out. I'm physically active. I'm facing myself. I'm constantly taking courses. So I'm moving through those things. But I was partnered with someone who not only was not willing to do anything, he was just stuck. And so it just wasn't going to work. I'm constantly giving a healing crisis. He's constantly sucking me dry. His presence alone would make me want to lay down on the ground and fall into a coma. I was so exhausted around this guy. It was horrible. So I did all of the things that I share with you. Shielding yourself. Filling your own cup. Making some hard decisions. Setting boundaries. That's a big one with people on this path. Because we want to be kind and compassionate And we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But what happens is, is you've got to learn how to set to protect yourself. Because in order to do this work and to show up and do all the things that you need to do in the world, you've got to have your energy. I'm all for giving helping hands, but the handout doesn't really work. Because if you're just giving a handout, then the person doesn't appreciate it. And there's no motivation for them to do anything on their own because you're doing it. So if you're the light that's feeding a toxic person, they don't ever have to get better because they'll just feed your light. And that's why we talk about energy vampires and feeling drained. And so what's the benefit? That's just go there with yourself. And what behavior of yours has to change in order to create a different result? Because we can't change other people. So if you can't change that person and they're unwilling to change and it's not working for you, then you've got to figure out something else. And so for me, in my case, when I started, and this is for friendships too. Like I had shared after COVID, I had a friend that started going to ayahuasca's and, you know, hallucinating and getting a bunch of really dark energies intertwined in her aura And then she started saying she was a healer. She had no training. She had zero training for being a healer. And she went to an online card reading class. And then she started copying what I was doing. She even asked me what an intuitive person was as opposed to like a psychic. And I explained it to her. And then she started calling herself intuitive and created a website. And her stuff is, I'm looking at her energy. She's not doing any energy healing practices. She's just going to ayahuasca, taking a substance hallucinating a little bit and then saying she's this magic healer and it was scary for me and I didn't want to be associated with it because every time I talked to her I'd feel so slimed and then I'd have to like clean myself and clean the energy and the problem was is then her new addiction was going to do ayahuasca it wasn't helping her on her path it was like this is what I do and now I'm this majestic being then she started doing group coaching and I'm like how are you coaching people when you haven't done this work? You can't just, for me, I feel like it's a great responsibility. And for me, the spiritual work is of the utmost responsibility because people are vulnerable and you're messing with the source of where you came from. 
And for me, I take this work so seriously. I don't want to create any bad karma. I want to help people. I want to be light on their path. And I'm very, very cautious about it. Well, then she's like trying to tag me and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, I am not a part of this. You're not qualified. I've been doing this for so long. And I'm not even claiming to be this group facilitator. And I'm going to run all these retreats. And then she started saying she was a life coach <laughs> with no training. And, and then and she would watch me, whatever I would post, and then duplicate it. And I'm like, no, no, I can't do this. This isn't going to work. This darkness that's in her is not something I want to be a part of. And so I had to cut that off. So I want to tell you that I've used this in all walks of my life, saying, how do I feel when I'm in this person's presence? Does this person, is this person a battery or are they a drain? Do they uplift my energy? Are we giving equally? Do I feel good and rejuvenated and supported and heard with this person? And if I don't, then I'm going to address it. I'm going to set boundaries and I'm going to use my words and I'm express my concerns. What happened to me in my previous relationships is they weren't safe people to share with. And this was also true. And this is, again, this was a mother wound I was recreating. So when I would share how I'd feel, they would gaslight me or make fun of me or blow up or make it about them. Those aren't my people. So when I started to set these boundaries and resonate with people who could equally share, equally give, equally listen, then I started aligning with people that did that very well. And I will say my relationships after are with very mature people who have done their healing work and who can have a conversation and who are very giving. Um, the relationship that I had after that one was with a person that was very, very generous and giving and able to hold a conversation and completely different. And the friends that I have, we give equally. We have equal gifts or similar gifts. We speak into one another's lives. And I feel rejuvenated after being with them. Again, a lot of time the lessons is healing those wounds and boundaries. So it's not, this isn't a podcast to say, they did this to me and I'm a victim and how dare they? And no, you are the only common denominator. You've got to fix that vibrational frequency within you to stop attracting those people. Now, I also want to say, sometimes we attract people because it's something we need to learn and we won't go through it or learn it otherwise. So if you do happen to attract someone that is of a vibrational nature that you don't want to be in, involved with, look at what you learned, what, what good things came from this, what did I learn about myself, if not, if not something about them. So you can always dig into it to see that it's all working out the way it's supposed to be. And it's all for a divine purpose. And we do have influence over how we perceive events and what we do with them. Because we can't control other people's behavior. The only thing we can control is how we respond, how we interpret it, how we process it. And the other thing I wanted to say is when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And some people will just walk around life with just a hammer. And if, they are, if they're not willing to look within or grow... If this is a personal journey. I mean, I get a lot of people that'll say, can you do a healing on this person? Cause they're so mean to me and I'm a victim of narcissistic abuse. And, and it's like, no, no, I can't because you have to respect free will choice. And a person that is ready to change 
you will not have to coerce them or try to get someone else to do something with them against their will. Change is an internal process and it's an internal drive. You can't force that on another person. And sometimes you'll get that toxic relationship balance where they're like, you change or I'm going to leave you. And so that person is not really wanting to change. They're just wanting to keep that other person. And so it's then it's a little bit of change, revert, little bit of change, revert. It doesn't work, but only, you know, and you're a powerful creator and this is a, it's a part of your journey and it's a part of your journey to dig into, sit into, feel it out. And you're always being guided. And I hope this helps. And let's go into a healing. You can uncross your arms and legs and focus on your breathing. I will turn the healing on. You can come back into your body. Friends, I want to thank you for all you do, for showing up, for all your donations. I so appreciate it. And I want to wish you a beautiful week. Take care. Bye-bye.